from the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Washington Watch. Coming up, has the Biden administration found a way to disguise the Green New Deal into an innocent-sounding public works package? That's just one of the many things that's being found as folks look under the hood of the White House's infrastructure plan that was unveiled in Pittsburgh yesterday. Put simply, these are investments we have to make. We can afford to make them. Put another, we can't afford not to. That was President Biden yesterday saying we can't afford to not spend $2.2 trillion plus dollars. Is that the case? Congressman Kevin Brady of Texas, the ranking member on the House Ways and Means Committee, joins us in just a moment. And Delta Airlines CEO is the latest corporate leader to take up the woke banner, slamming the state of Georgia's election reform law that requires a photo ID to vote. Does he see the irony in his criticism? The Georgia legislature, though, is not taking kindly to Delta pointing fingers at government leaders with the same hand they hold out for government subsidies. We'll talk with Georgia State Representative Todd Jones later here on Washington Watch. And Delta Airlines is just the latest example of corporate activism for the left. And conservatives are launching an organized pushback. Justin Danhoff, general counsel for the National Center for Public Policy Research, is here with the details. And last night, Franklin Graham joined me on our weekly edition of Pray Vote Stand to look at the Arkansas SAFE Act, which protects minors from this transgender agenda. It sits now on Governor Asa Hutchinson's desk. I'll have a portion of that discussion. And then some thoughts about the importance of this weekend. The website, TonyPerkins.com. If you're on Gab, it's at Tony underscore Perkins. Hey, once again, I want to welcome our new friends and listeners in Rockford, Illinois, uh, and in southern Wisconsin, listening on The Lighthouse, WFEN 88.3. We're especially grateful to the station manager, Matt Miller, and Pastor Marla Ash, who has uh, made this possible. I'm excited to uh, ex- expand our listening audience into Illinois and to uh, this partnership with um, Pastor Marla and uh, Matt. Great to have them on board. All right. Uh, yesterday, President Biden formally announced this American Jobs Plan, which is another Trojan horse that he is selling to the American people as something we need, when in fact it's all about the Democrats and what they want. Uh, make no mistake, the president's plan will hurt the American family and millions of small businesses struggling to rebound from the pandemic and the economic downturn prior to that. Uh, included in the $2.25 trillion package is an increase in corporate taxes, as we talked about yesterday, from 21% to 28%. Now, this is all being sold as infrastructure. Here's a little bit more of what the president had to say yesterday. Put simply, these are investments we have to make. We can afford to make them. Put another, we can't afford not to. So how do we pay for it? I spoke to the majority leader. No longer, I guess he's no longer the majority leader. (laughs) He has been for a long time. I spoke for the Republican, I spoke to the Republican leader about the plan. Everybody's for doing something on infrastructure. Why haven't we done it? Well, no one wants to pay for it. Well, how do we pay for it? 
To help us answer that question, Congressman Kevin Brady represents the 8th Congressional District of Texas, and he is the ranking member on the House Ways and Means Committee. Congressman Brady, welcome back to the program. Thank you, and on Good Friday, it's always special to join you, Tony. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, so how do we pay for this? Can we pay yeah, for not this? The short answer is not this way, and we certainly don't need this amount of spending. Look, everyone everyone agrees on more funding for roads and bridges, ports uh, and airports, but this is more pork than any of that, and frankly, it's more of that socialist agenda that they're you know, running on uh, under the guise of uh, infrastructure. And, and I think the worst part, well, there's a lot of worst parts, but I think uh, killing, lo- killing local jobs to pay for it is the wrong way to do it. $2, mil- $2 trillion in tax increases, the largest in half a century on local businesses. It'll actually negate any uh, economic growth from infrastructure. It's a net loser. No president has ever raised business taxes recover from an economic crisis. This comes at absolutely the worst time. It'll sabotage the economic recovery. So that's why I think this is the biggest economic blunder in our lifetime. Now, this comes right on the heels of nearly $2 trillion in relief. That's not going to make its way uh, through the pipeline, in some cases, for another two years. years. Yeah. Yeah, neither will this, Tony. Look, infrastructure is notoriously slow as we learned under President Obama and Biden, uh, shovel-ready rarely means shovel-ready. And that stimulus took almost 10 years to pay out. This will do the same. So it does very little to help us rebuild the economy from this. And, again, look, when you are look, punishing local businesses with higher taxes at the very same time you want them to hire more, when you make America's tax rate for businesses worse than China's, and on par with Syria, uh, you are driving jobs overseas in a big way. But more importantly, corporations don't pay taxes. You know, they collect them. Right. Uh, it's their workers. It's retirees that have got their nest egg uh, in that stock. Uh, it is uh, working families that ultimately pay the price here. And I always right. remind people, half of Americans work for these corporations. So you're going to bear the brunt of these taxes. Right. They're going to pass them on. They're going to pass them on. But Absolutely. instead of instead of investing them in something else, in expansion, more jobs, they're going to be handing them over that those dollars over to the government. So it's a dead yeah. end as opposed yeah, to having a multiplier effect in the economy uh, where they hire new people. They go out and spend money. Doesn't happen that way when the government takes it. No, it doesn't. Government, as you know, has sticky fingers uh, and rarely does that money go to where it can do the best for the country and for families. We knew that in the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, we lowered rates for families and businesses. We redesigned the code so our our American companies could compete and win anywhere in the world. And suddenly you saw jobs and manufacturing, half a million manufacturing jobs come back to America. You saw the lowest poverty rate in American history. The same year, we saw the highest family income in American history. So when you turn American businesses loose, they create jobs, they, right. they, they tackle poverty, they give people opportunity. Washington doesn't do that. Right. Let, let's, uh, Congressman Brady, let's talk a little bit about the specifics of this, because it's being portrayed as an infrastructure bill. And my understanding, 
Uh, it's about 6% of this actually goes to infrastructure. I mean, to me, this is kind of like dog doo-doo wrapped up in a Tootsie Roll wrapper. Uh, it, it's not what it is uh, being sold as. No, it's not. There's a lot of soft infrastructure like broadband and schools, but you've got uh, $400 billion for Medicaid, uh, nothing to do with infrastructure, uh, more local housing, electric vehicles, a ton of money for electric vehicles, more school funding, although we just gave them $130 billion, a bunch of new government offices. So the way they think they spur uh, economic development is is create new departments in the bureaucracy. And, of course, you've read about this new Civilian Climate Corps, which, you know, heaven knows uh, what they're going to be doing. But my guess is not making uh, America more competitive. So this is, uh, it, it's not obviously the full wish list, wish list of the left because uh, uh, your colleague AOC is not happy. She says it's not enough. Um, but this clearly is not what the American people need and, and, and what the vast majority of American people want. It's only what the left is looking for. It is. And I think, you know, my, and, and Tony, you've, you've been and watched and engaged in Congress. Thank you, by the way, for your huge help on tax reform in so many areas for families and pro-life issues and repealing the Johnson Amendment. You were just an amazing leader there. Um, but this is about advancing the socialist agenda. And I think Speaker Pelosi's decided she is losing the majority in one year and seven months. She's mm-hmm. determined to jam as much of the socialist agenda through right now. And our big fight, uh, certainly in the House, is Republicans you know, put up the biggest fight, make the greatest argument, you know, shore up the Senate Republicans. So uh, they've got the opportunity to stop these dangerous ideas when they get there. So, Congressman Kevin Brady, what should our listeners be doing now? I mean, this is you made a very good point. They've got, you know, a year and seven months and they know they're going to lose the majority in part because of the radical stuff they're pushing. But they were already on thin ice when they won it. Uh, so they're going to try to push everything they can through in this one year and seven months, and they're already doing it. I mean, it, this stuff is coming rapid fire. What do our people need to be doing? Yeah, so uh, shore up and thank the Republicans who are standing against these socialist uh, ideas, because in the House it is unanimous, 100 percent opposition to this agenda. But, but, you know, a lot of your listeners live in districts represented by Democrats. You've got to be engaging. You've got to be speaking out. You've got to go to this town hall meetings. You've got to explain. You've got to resist uh, these dangerous ideas with those Democrats, including if you have a Senate senator who's a Democrat, where they ought to be hearing from you in a big way. Is this going to make one of the things that Joe Biden has said uh, and Democrats, uh, Chuck Schumer, has said, you know, hey, Republicans want infrastructure. This is a bipartisan thing. And so how I see this is there's a a sliver of something we can all agree upon. But as I said, it's wrapped up in so much other stuff. They're going to make it all about the the one element that you agree upon. And the other 95 percent is, as you said, total socialistic spending. Uh, Part of that is is educating the public that, look, yes, we want infrastructure. Let's pull that part out. We can agree on that. We'll go forward with it but not with all this other stuff. Yeah, and Tony, that's exactly right. They already ran this play once. The COVID stimulus had very little to do with COVID and nothing to do 
with stimulus. It was, as you said, just that Trojan horse. That play worked for Democrats in Washington, so they're running a second one uh, under the heading infrastructure. I think that's where, you know, moderate Democrats are hoping to hide under the infrastructure banner, um, but their votes for uh, for such a radical agenda in these tax increases on local families and businesses, um, you know, I hope we pull the curtain back so yeah. that every voter knows where their representatives stand. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just when you think of this package, think of the Tootsie Roll. Uh, that's what you got to yeah. think of. <laughs> I, will. I will do that. <laughs> All right, uh, Congressman Kevin Brady, as always, great to talk with you. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Thanks, Tony. Take care. All right. Have a great weekend. Congressman Kevin Brady, he's the ranking member on the House Ways and Means Committee, was the chairman uh, when the Republicans had the majority and worked very closely with us on a number of the pro-life measures that we were successful in getting through Congress, as well as that he was the uh, tip of the spear in the tax cuts that came a few years back. So here's the deal, folks. You can't believe what you hear in the media and, and the way they disguise these things as saying, uh, infrastructure. We're, we're here to build roses, roads and bridges. Well, like uh, I think it was uh, the, the Mitch McConnell, Republican leader, said this is more about electric cars than roads. More money is in here for electric cars than roads. Um, you can't not, you cannot be swayed and taken in by what they say. You have to look at what they're doing. Look at the details. All right, when we come back, Delta Airlines uh, criticizing Georgia for requiring an ID, picture ID when you vote. Wow. How about that? We're going to talk more about that with Representative Todd Jones from Georgia. Next, don't go away. Hey, Matt. Hey, Hannah. What's going on? Why so gloomy? Well, I'm a little disappointed. I had a lot planned to do during the stay-at-home time, and I just didn't do it. Oh, yeah? What did you have planned that you didn't get to do? Well, I was actually hoping I would finally be able to get time to do a regular Bible reading routine, and I started a couple of times. I just didn't stick with it. Don't be too down on yourself. Starting a new routine can be hard, but one way to help is to join in with others and to have a good game plan. I think I have a good solution for you. Oh, yeah? Tony Perkins and FRC are doing a two-year study in the Word. They have it all mapped out. When did they start? I I would be so far behind. Oh, that's not a problem. You can literally jump in any time. There's a daily reading just a couple of chapters a day with questions to help you think about what you're reading. Nice. Where can I find this? Go to frc.org slash Bible, and you can get started. Where's that again? frc.org slash Bible. Got it. Checking it out now. In our time, North Korea remains one of the world's most mysterious countries. Unfortunately, what we do know about North Korea indicates the country is also one of the world's worst abusers of human rights, including violations of religious freedom. The North Korean regime has engaged in an intense crackdown on religion for decades. Today, few religious believers remain, and those who do face grave danger. The secretive nature of the regime, nicknamed the Hermit Kingdom, makes it difficult for American leaders to address these human rights issues. Yet, even though options are limited, the gravity of the situation calls on Western countries to take every action possible to relieve the suffering of the North Korean people, a people who have no chance of speaking up for themselves. To learn more about this important issue, check out FRC's publication titled North Korea, the World's Foremost Violator of Religious Freedom. 
To access the information you need to stay informed, including a list of policy proposals, go to frc.org slash North Korea. Masculinity in America has never been under attack the way it is today. We've reached the point where the term itself is considered toxic or offensive to many. The consistent message in our nation is that masculinity by nature is bad and is the root cause of many of the problems plaguing our society. From his experience as a military combat officer and ordained minister of the gospel, Lieutenant General William Boykin has seen and dealt with firsthand the breakdown of leadership in our nation by the lack of godly men living lives of biblical purpose. In his latest book, Man to Man, Rediscovering Masculinity in a Challenging World, he addresses the essential elements of manhood as a provider, an instructor, a defender, a battle buddy, and a chaplain and explains how to personally develop these traits and pass them to the next generation. Get your copy today of Man to Man, wherever books are sold. To Washington Watch, I'm Tony Perkins. Good to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Lots of resources there for you, by the way, and lots of tools that you need to be a part of defending this republic. All right, Delta CEO is among the latest to give in to the left, uh, issuing a memo Wednesday after receiving backlash for a statement he had sent out late last week with regards to Georgia's Election Integrity Act. After saying on Friday that the bill was, quote, improved considerably during the legislative process, end quote. He went on to state yesterday that the bill is unacceptable and does not match Delta's values. Uh, That after getting pushback from the left. Uh, His issue, uh, in part, big issue, was the fact that the election reform package requires a voter ID, a photo ID, to vote. Um, I guess he missed the irony there that you have to have a photo ID to get on a plane. In fact, uh, you, d- let me just run down this list very quickly of w- things that you have to have an ID for uh, in order to uh, to acquire. Alcohol, cigarettes, uh, opening a bank account, applying for food stamps, applying for welfare, applying for Medicaid or Social Security, applying for unemployment or a job, or to rent, buy a house, apply for a mortgage, drive by, rent a car, Get, get on an airplane, I mentioned that one, get married, purchase a gun, adopt a pet, rent a hotel room, apply for a hunting license, apply for a fishing license, buy a cell phone, visit a casino, pick up a prescription, uh, hold a rally or protest, blood donations, uh, buy an M-rated video game, purchase nail polish at CVS, uh, and certain cold medicine, medicines, I should so, uh, say, uh, but not to vote. What's the deal here? We did that in Louisiana about 20-some years ago, and guess what? It almost eliminated the fraud that was taking place. Is that what they're concerned about? Well, joining me now to uh, to talk more about this, to respond to what the critics are saying, is Georgia State Representative Todd Jones. Representative Jones, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you so much. So Delta, which, by the way, most people don't know this, but it was uh, originally in Louisiana, in Monroe, Louisiana, up until a few years ago. They had their annual board meetings there. But 
you're welcome to have them there in Atlanta because it seems like with the same finger they're pointing at you guys for trying to clean up elections there, it's the same hand that they come for handouts. And apparently some of your colleagues not taken too uh, kindly to that. Uh, no, not at all. And you are right. They were founded in Louisiana for crop dusting, and now they're one of our largest employers. But we're a little befuddled uh, by some of the positions that they've taken, given the fact that this election integrity law, we think, covers a significant amount of the challenges that we've seen over the last few years. And so, uh, actually, the House today voted to eliminate the subsidies that Delta gets from the state, did they not? Yeah, as a matter of fact, it was really about changing the sunset on that law. That was a uh, a law that was put into place, and then the House voted to place a sunset on that. Uh, but we signed died, or we adjourned signy died for the last day of session last night around 1230. And uh, so that won't be brought up again until, unfortunately, 2022. So let me ask you this. Were you surprised by uh, the comments of Delta CEO about the election reform law? Yeah, absolutely. I expect someone in that position, one, the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, someone who we believe would absolutely be informed before making an uninformed, an uninformed opinion um, to say things like we were disenfranchising uh, a majority of his black uh, employees. Uh, that's just not the case. Uh, we're proud to say that Georgia is one of the cradles of civil rights law uh, in our country. And when you think about across our state, we have a high percentage of African-Americans. And when you look at the law and you look at what we tried to do, we absolutely looked to empower not just African-Americans, but all Georgia citizens to ensure they can get to the polls, get to the polls easily, but also know that their ballot would be secure. Now, I had uh, I had your governor on earlier this week talking about the bill. And, and one thing in particular he was talking about was the, the president, President Biden, saying you can't even give water, uh, that this is a, an atrocity. I want to play a, a short clip here uh, from the, the president advancing that same false statement again yesterday. So, Mr. President, what do you think about the possibility that baseball decides to move their all-star game out of Atlanta because of this political issue? I think today's professional athletes are acting incredibly responsibly. I would strongly support them doing that. People look to them. They're leaders. Look at what's happened with the NBA as well. Look at what's happened across the board. The very people who are victimized the most are the people who are the leaders in these, in these various sports. And it's just not right. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in in Georgia and 40 other states. What is all about? Imagine passing a law saying you cannot provide water. So, Representative Jones, what do you say to that? There are so many comments or so many things I want to say. Uh, the president's off base. Uh, first and foremost, uh, I'll offer to every Atlanta Brave player or any professional athlete a sit down with me and, the, and Chairman Fleming, who is the primary author of this bill, and we'll, we'll walk them through the bill. And I'm convinced that they would, after that walkthrough, realize this is a much better bill. This is a bill that made Georgia better. In terms of the president's flipping comments uh, about water, shame on him. Shame on his staff. Uh, I expect the office of the presidency to be informed, and I expect them to be a leader of our country, no matter what party they're from. The idea uh, that we would strip your ability to have water in line, your ability to get water in line, is just a pure fallacy. And it's built on the fact that folks just want a false narrative to provide. And unfortunately, the president of the United States 
has basically been lured into it. And when you think of something that I, I can't think of few activities that are more important as a citizen, uh, it's more important than buying cigarettes. It's more important than buying alcohol, certainly to me. But, you know, getting on an airplane, which I do all the time, and I'm always having to put forward my ID. But to me, the sacred right to vote is something that should be protected. And I commend you and your colleagues in Georgia for taking this stand. Well, thank you. We sure do appreciate it. And just one last thing. We put this ID requirement in, but we also made it where every Georgia ID is free. And we appropriated money to ensure that people would get a reach out and get transportation if they needed it to make sure they could get that ID. So that's normally lost in the conversation. Well, yeah, I didn't hear the president talking about that. And no, I venture to say he won't because it doesn't fit their narrative. Uh, Representative Todd Jones, thanks so much for joining us. Keep up the great work there in Georgia. Hey, thank you so much. Bye bye. All right. Coming up next, a coalition of conservative organizations pushing back on this corporate activism. They're doing all the work for the left, so the right is pushing back. We'll talk about it next. Don't go away. The history of religious persecution in China is extensive, and many are not aware of the current oppression of religious groups taking place there. China restricts religious practice and oppresses religious minorities on a sweeping scale. This religious persecution targets those of every faith. Christians, Muslims, Tibetan Buddhists, and Falun Gong practitioners are all victims of the Chinese Communist Party's efforts to suppress any set beliefs that might compete with the party's ideology. This campaign against religion has had and continues to have devastating consequences for those who simply wish to live according to their conscience. Family Research Council's recently updated publication addresses China's consistent abuses of human rights and explains why they cannot be treated like any other country. Learn more about this issue by visiting frc.org slash China. Oh, man. What's wrong? I just missed Washington Watch with Tony Perkins, and our congressman was going to be on the show today. Oh, that's not a big deal. What do you mean? Well, you can always catch the replay of the day's show. How's that? With the Stand Firm app. Yeah? Yep, you can catch that day's program and so much more. You can contact your elected officials on campaigns and policies that are important to you with the Take Action tab. You can listen to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins live and play previous episodes while conveniently going about your day. You can access the Washington Update, informative blogs, tweets, and critical campaigns on the main feed, so you can stay up to date on local and national news. Wow, I definitely use that. How do you find the app? Just visit frc.org app and download or search Stand Firm in the App Store. Okay, that's Stand Firm. Yep, Stand Firm. How do you know all this? Because I'm a SageCon, but that's another story. Huh? If you're like me, you're probably getting so tired of corporate America, uh, the um, the activism, the fact that they're, they're they're really they've become puppets on the strings of the left. I mean, they they have swallowed the 
woke culture hook, line, and, and sinker. Now, we can ignore them. We can boycott them, and I recommend all the above in some cases. We can disconnect from them, but we can also do something else, which I think is very important at this time. We need to confront them. Uh, and that's, that's why the left is controlling them, because the left is loud. They're, they're the minority, but they're loud. And, and so there's a new conservative coalition that is looking to do just that, to confront them. Yesterday, the coalition Back to Neutral launched its website at StopCorporateTyranny.org as part of its effort to urge American corporations to cease their radical political activism and return to their core mission. We've said that all along. We don't want you to do our fighting uh, for these public policy issues. We just want you to, if you sell widgets, sell widgets. If you sell hamburgers or chicken sandwiches, sell them. But don't be taking, don't take our profits and use them to preach this wokeism to us. Well, uh, joining us now to talk about this coalition effort uh, is Justin Danhoff, General Counsel for the National Center for Public Policy Research, which is behind StopCorporateTyranny.org. Justin, welcome back to the program. Hey, it's always nice to talk with you. I really appreciate the opportunity. Well, uh, tell us more about the uh, Back to Neutral Coalition. Yeah, we're, we, we've just had enough, right? And I've been, you know, at the Free Enterprise Project, which I direct, I've been engaged in the battle um, over corporate America for more than a decade. And, and I'm, I'm happy to say that, you know, the conservative movement, the conservative cause is now with me. Um, we have a large coalition that runs from authors and academics to activists to investors, um, and investment leaders. So it's really it's really a collection of great minds that are coming together to engage with companies. And right now, I'll be honest, as you laid out in the beginning, Tony, we are on the defensive. There is no doubt about it that we're on the defensive because we've ceded this cultural lane to the left because they've been, you know, the squeaky squeaky wheel for so long. Mm-hmm. Well, we're letting companies know that there's another side out there. That, you know, that, that we're tired of the cancel culture. We're tired of the sermonizing, right, because business thinks itself as the moral arbiter in today's society on all sorts of issues, um, including issues uh, such as Georgia's voter integrity efforts, right? right? We've got, you know, we've got Delta Airlines and Coca-Cola and, you know, a 72-page business, you know, CEO coalition, a 72-member coalition signed an ad in the New York Times just yesterday condemning the law and comparing it to Jim Crow. Yeah. We were just talking with a state legislator from Georgia about that, the hypocrisy there of, uh, of Delta Airlines. You know, this coalition, it's a broad coalition. Uh, many, many individuals and organizations are a part of it. I think, is it not part of the reason that this coalition is so big and, and was fairly easy to assemble is because corporate activism has become so pronounced. I mean, it's grown. It's always been there a little bit, but, I mean, it's become, it's almost like, Forget what we do in terms of what products we build or sell. Let's get involved in the culture. That seems to be what business is doing. They're involved in everything. Do you realize right now there's 400 major American corporations, 400 pretty much from every single industry that are pushing folks on Capitol Hill to pass the Equality Act? Why is it in the interest of some of our largest companies in America to end women's sports as we know it and to end religious freedom as we know it? Yeah, that's like wild. So, yeah. And you know what? Gallup had a poll 
that showed this year for the very first time since Gallup started asking the question decades ago, where do you feel, you know, how, what's your sentiment towards corporate America? And for the very first time, corporate America was underwater with conservatives this past year. So, yes, the timing is optimal, and it's optimal because corporate America has gotten just so bad. You know, think about last summer. As city after city burned and stores were looted and small businesses were, you know, targeted that are never going to be able to reopen, the, the protesters from Black Lives Matter and Antifa, they may as well have been wearing T-shirts said, protest and riot brought to you by Amazon, protest mm-hmm. and riot brought to you by Pepsi, because these companies were funding them to burn down American cities. And so, yeah, I think conservatives couldn't look away any longer. Uh, we're almost out of time, Justin, but I want to ask you this question because the, the business community, big business, is in the pocket of the left. They've become the mouthpiece and the funding mechanism for the left, as you just pointed out. But with that comes the left's social policies, which have to be funded, like we saw with this infrastructure package, so-called infrastructure, from increasing corporate taxes. Don't they realize that the the left, that they're they're being accosted by and, and willingly being hostage to is is going to tax them and regulate them out of existence? Yeah, I, I think I always put it this way, Tony. Companies like to get nine tenths woke, but they don't want to go ten tenths because then they'll be out of business. And so, you know, they their pushing of social issues down the throats of conservatives and canceling conservatives is really going to come back to bite them in the end. And that's a longer discussion about how yeah. companies need to be looking out for the long term, not the short term, because CEOs yeah. who take these woke actions can get their golden parachute and leave and leave the next guy holding the bag. All right. And conservatives are not going to be there to help them as they have for years with reducing regulation and, uh, and taxes because they won't be that's around. Right. All right, Justin, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll encourage people to visit the website. Thanks. God bless. Okay. Uh, Visit the website, stopcorporatetyranny.org. Go to TonyPerkins.com, follow the links over. But look, do speak out. Coming up next, Franklin Graham joined me last night for our Pray Vote Stand. I'm going to give you a little bit of that when we return. Don't go away. Get a trusted perspective on the news of the day every day. Listen to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins to get honest and in-depth commentary on what's going on in our nation's capital and around the world. Join Family Research Council President Tony Perkins live every weekday on over 800 radio stations across the country. Or listen to the show when it works for you by visiting TonyPerkins.com. On the show, you'll hear from guests like Ben Carson, Senator Josh Hawley, Representative Vicki Hartzler, Molly Hemingway, Pastor Jack Hibbs, Dana Lash, Sissy Graham Lynch, Pastor John MacArthur, Eric Metaxas, Albert Moeller, and more. Tony is joined by leading political figures, pastors, and policy and culture experts who will inspire you to be engaged and informed on the important issues facing America. For a Christian perspective on the news of the day, tune in to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins at TonyPerkins.com. Ever since the Supreme Court handed down its infamous Roe v. Wade decision in 1973 that legalized abortion nationwide, a national debate has raged over whether the government should fund abortion. In 1976, Congress banned taxpayer funding of abortion and Medicaid by passing the Hyde Amendment. Several states have followed suit, passing their own restrictions on abortion funding. However, Because government funding is a complex system of joint federal and state programs, 
Completely banning taxpayer funding for abortions and abortion businesses like Planned Parenthood is challenging. There is still much work to be done to free the American taxpayer from funding the horrific practice of abortion. Family Research Council's new publication clearly explains the Hyde Amendment and why we need to keep it in order to save taxpayers from being forced to fund abortion. Access this important information by visiting frc.org slash Hyde. What's on your daily or weekly reading list? Are you looking for honest and informative commentary from fellow believers on the current issues facing our culture? Family Research Council has just the thing. Check out FRC's blog at frcblog.com. The content on our blog is written by our policy experts as well as outside contributors. On our blog, you can read about a wide variety of topics, including religious liberty, life, marriage, family, sexuality, public policy, and the culture. Read up on some of our latest titles like Four Disturbing Trends in Religious Freedom Worldwide, Legitimizing Looting Jeopardizes Liberty for All, The Media Still Doesn't Get It, Conservatives Tend to Vote Conservatives, and more. At Family Research Council, our mission is to advance faith, family, and freedom in the culture by helping you live out your faith and to stand for truth. Our blog is here to help you do that. Stay informed and get the resources you need at frcblog.com. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. The website, TonyPerkins.com, lots of resources there for you and some action items. Now, um, many of you sign in or tune in on Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, for something we've been doing now for the last uh, probably about eight months. It's our weekly broadcast of Pray, Vote, Stand. It's designed to encourage, equip, and mobilize Christians into prayer and action. We need to be praying, but we need to be acting as well. In fact, you can find all of the past broadcast at prayvotestand.org. Last night, the topic of the broadcast was Arkansas's Save Adolescents from Experimentation, or the SAFE Act, uh, House Bill 1570, which protects children from dangerous drugs and irreversible surgeries on the unscientific theory that they were born in the wrong body. Now, I, I talked about this yesterday on the program. We had uh, Arkansas uh, State Representative Robin Lundstrom on. The bill has been passed by the House, by the Senate. It now sits on the governor's desk. And so our focus last night was to pray for Governor Asa Hutchinson. Uh, it's on his desk. He has until Monday morning to either sign it, veto it, or allow it to become law without his signature. Now, he still has not moved on this, and so I want to encourage you uh, to encourage him. Pray for him. Let him know you're praying for him. We've got a link where you can communicate with him. Uh, go to uh, TonyPerkins.com. But I wanted to share a little bit of my conversation last night with Franklin Graham. Franklin, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you, Tony, for having me. Franklin, uh, we are dealing with issues that I'm sure you and I just 10 years ago, let alone when we were growing up, thought that children today would be facing? Uh, Tony, it's like every demon in hell has been uh, let loose uh, just these last few months. And um, it's frightening to see what's happening. But one thing, uh, you know, you talk about pray, 
uh, vote and stand. And this is the time for the church to stand. And we need to stand for truth. We need to stand for God's word. And we need to stand behind these legislators uh, and the the governors and others that are willing to, to sign bills. We need to stand behind them and pray for them that God will just protect them and keep them safe. Uh, what's happening, we see, is is just uh, wicked uh, that take a child and uh, try to convince them that they can change and be a girl, they could change and be a boy, and we can give you drugs and we, you can have surgery. And all of these things, a child can't comprehend that. And once you start down this path, you can't reverse it. And it's uh, it's just a wicked thing. And we we just need to pray that the church will stand. This is the time to stand and let your voice be heard. Now, don't just stand and be quiet. It's time for the pastors to preach it from the pulpits. I think for denominations uh, to stand. And I think about the evangelical denominations out there. They need to, to let their voices be heard just as loud or louder than what we hear on the left. Uh, if we don't, Tony, we're going to lose. Now, the worst thing that could happen is for the Lord Jesus Christ to come back and and find us sitting on our hands and uh, keeping our mouths shut. Uh, when he comes back, I hope he finds finds us fighting and standing for truth. When I say fighting, I'm not talking about taking a baseball bat out there, hitting somebody. I'm talking about standing up against this onslaught or this, this tsunami, this tidal wave of evil that is coming down uh, on the society today. And so I would encourage the church and pastors, uh, speak out. This is the time for us to stand together and be one voice. You, you cannot look at these issues, whether it's this issue of, uh, you know, the mutilation of children, transgenderism, or we see the policies coming forth from this administration, uh, you know, forcing taxpayers to be a part of abortion, uh, promoting that in our foreign policy. I mean, you, you pick any number of issues. Um, this is spiritual warfare, and this is the time for the church to stand up. You don't go back into the barracks when the warfare is raging, and it is raging now more than I have seen in my lifetime. And if we won't stand up and speak out and, as you say, fight spiritually on issues such as this, what will we fight for? Yeah. And, and Tony, the America is is not going to in my opinion is not going to turn around uh we're we're in a free fall a of moral decline but the church can help preserve the church yes. can help slow this down and uh, give another generation a chance and that's what we can do but we are we are morally bankrupt and we we've seen it in every administration just it's it's just wicked and we just need to stand for truth god's truth God made us male and female. Uh, uh, two men can't make a child. Two women can't make a child. It takes a male and a female. And that's the way God made us and created us. And and for someone to come along and say, well, you can change that if you want. Well, <laughs> uh, you better talk to God about that because we're, we're on very uh, thin ice when we start messing with the way God made us and created us. But I would encourage the church to stand and let's do it together. And let's be loud and let's be vocal about it. But I don't want to, anybody to be delusioned that we're going to turn America around. America is falling. But let's just slow it down and give another right. generation a chance. 
And that's the part of being the church being salt, the pres- the preserving effect of the church and slowing down the decay. We, we know that uh, from scripture that evil is going to come as we move toward the end times, that the parable of the wheat and the tares make that very clear. Uh, but good is also going to be more pronounced. And there's going to be yeah. a sharp contrast giving people a choice uh, as to what they want to be a part of. They want to be a part of the wheat or they want to be the tares. But I want to go back to something you just said a moment ago, Franklin. The word of God. We don't have to apologize. We don't have to give our opinions on these issues. These issues are spelled out so clearly in the word of God. We just need to stand on the word of God, which is truth. That's right. And, and you know, I, I get people, you know, get mad at me and, and jump on me. And I'll just say, listen, God's the one who said it. If you don't like it, uh, talk to him about it. I'm just repeating what God has said. And, you know, we, we need to uh, pray for the, the governors, uh, especially the governor of Arkansas, Governor Hutchison. Uh, I guarantee you he is getting phone calls and emails and Facebook messages and everything else, uh, tearing him apart and ripping him apart. And we just need to pray that he'll have the guts to take a stand against this. And, uh, you know, we're all going to get attacked. No matter what we do, uh, if we stand for God's word, if we stand for truth, we will be attacked. And yeah. uh, we, we've got to have a thick skin. And I just pray that God will give the governor a thick skin and, and he'll just take a stand to do the right thing for the, the children and for the parents of Arkansas. But it's not, not Arkansas. It's This is like you say, this, this will have an effect in other states across this nation. And so I just pray that he'll do the right thing. And he just needs to take a stand and have thick skin and, and, uh, you know, and, and, and take the fiery darts when they come and pray that he'll be able to dodge them. But this is, well, this and, is coming. And let's pray to that end. We'll pray that his shield is larger so he can take those fiery darts. And, and Franklin, that's actually a good transition. I would like to ask you to pray for Governor Hutchison, but not just him, as you mentioned, other leaders, because we've already seen even this week, some leaders that have uh, given in to that pressure into those counter voices and not stood for what is uh, very clearly the right path. So uh, I'm going to ask you to pray. I pray specifically tonight for Arkansas, but let's pray for the other leaders across this country. And also, uh, let's not neglect a lot of this is being driven by the current administration. Let's pray that their hearts would be turned to what is right and true. And if they refuse to do so, my prayer is that God would bring confusion and confound their efforts and, uh, and keep Washington from being uh, an obstacle to what states are doing when it comes to the right thing. Yeah. Well, let, let's, let's pray, Tony. Uh, Heavenly Father, we come uh, to pray especially tonight for uh, Governor Hutchison. Father, as this bill sits on his desk, Father, I pray that you'll just strengthen him, give him courage, and that he will do the right thing, not just for the people of Arkansas, but this, this will have an effect on other legislators across the country and could help, no question, Father, it could help with other similar legislation to get passed. So, Father, we just pray for him, and we pray for those that are around him. And, Father, we pray that he'll do the right thing. Father, we pray for our country. And, Father, we pray for our, the President Biden. Uh, we pray for Vice President Kamala Harris. Father, we know that uh, so much of this is coming from this administration. And, Father, you can change their hearts. You say, you tell us in the word that uh, the, the heart of the king is 
in your hand and you could turn it like a watercourse this way or that way. Father, we pray that you would turn the heart of President Biden. And Father, we pray that uh, this would this would be done. And we come to you tonight in Jesus' name. And Father, we also pray that uh, if, if, if you be your will, bring confusion into their camp and have them turn on one another. Father, we see in the scripture, you did it time and time again to the enemies of Israel, where they turned on each other. And so, Father, we just pray that you'll bring confusion, uh, if it be your will. But, Father, right now, we just pray for the governor, uh, protect him, guide him, direct him. And, Father, we pray that he'll sign this and do the right thing. And we pray this in the name of your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Franklin Graham, thank you so much for joining us tonight. And thank you for your clear uh, voice of truth and, uh, and righteousness speaking out to our nation. Thank you, Tommy. Again, that was uh, from last night's Pray Vote Stand broadcast. If you'd like to see the whole thing, you can go to prayvotestand.org and uh, watch the entire program. Every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time, you can be a part of that. By the way, uh, I, I do want to encourage you, especially if you live in Arkansas, to call, call your governor and encourage him. You can call him at 501-682-2345. Simply ask him to sign the SAFE Act. Let him know you're praying for him. Uh, you can also email him. Uh, other ways you can reach him, all of that's at TonyPerkins.com. Uh, but be praying that he makes the uh, the right decision. You know, as I was uh, talking with Franklin last night and talking about the Word of God, talking about all of this that's unfolding in our nation, I was uh, reflecting on our uh, two-year journey uh, through the Bible, our reading program that many of you are joining us with. If you're not, you can download it at frc.org slash Bible. It's called Stand on the Word. But this week we're in Ezekiel. And in Ezekiel chapter 9, I want to read just a couple of verses because it's very appropriate for what we're facing this week and what's coming up this weekend. Uh, verse 1 of Ezekiel 9 says, Then he cried in my ears with a loud voice, saying, Bring near the executioners of the city, each with his destroying weapon in his hand. And behold, six men came from the direction of the upper gate, which faces north, each with his weapon for slaughter in his hand. And with them was a man clothed in linen with a writing case at his waist. And they went in and stood beside the bronze altar. Now the glory of the Lord of Israel had gone up from the cherubim on which it rested to the threshold of the house. And he called to the man clothed in linen who had the writing case at his waist. Now many scholars hold that this is the pre-incarnation of Jesus Christ, the intercessor and redeemer. In verse 4 it says, And the Lord said, And pass through the city, through Jerusalem and put a mark on the foreheads of the men who sigh and groan over the abominations that are committed in it. We, we, the previous chapter was all about the, the, the wickedness, the violence, the idolatry that was in the city. And the, the destruction was coming is what the Lord told Ezekiel to say. But he marks those with a mark whose hearts were groaning over the abominations that were committed in it. And that is... God's grace for those whose hearts are turned toward the Lord. We see it from Genesis to Revelation. And as we stand on the, this threshold of resurrection weekend, that is the greatest display of God's grace. In fact, this is a type of what we celebrate this weekend, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as believers, those who recognize their fallen nature and accept the grace of God, the gift of Jesus Christ. It says we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. We're marked by the Holy Spirit 
as having the divine, eternal protection of God. Even in the midst of great chaos and destruction, we can have peace when our hearts are fixed upon the Lord. So I ask you today, number one, do you have the mark? If God were to, to unfold this today, is your heart grieved over what is happening in our nation? And you, are you crying out for his mercy, both for personally for our own sins, as we have confessed our sins, repented of them, but as a nation, um, we carry the mark of God. And as we trust him as our Savior and our Lord, we are sealed unto that uh, day as we, uh, we read in the New Testament. In fact, we read it in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. It says, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So, folks, as we uh, move into Resurrection Weekend, let's celebrate the grace of God that was made available to everyone through the birth, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I can't think of anything else to celebrate, that, to, that would have a greater celebration than the grace of God displayed through the work of his son, the redemptive work of the cross. And let's share that. And in that, find hope today, tomorrow, and into eternity. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, I leave you with the words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, prepared, and taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at one 866 372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.